Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Sugar, the podcast. Today, we have some... Uh, what, who's doing that? Who's doing that? I was doing Come jazz on. music. I'm sorry. Huh? It was jazz music. Uh, I ruined you, it. You should ruin the beginning. Uh, do. do it again. We mute our mics like while we're talking and just wait for you to ask someone how we're doing. That yeah, works. Probably to like, save you the trouble of random sounds. Yeah, that, that's probably good. Command shift A. Or you can hold the space bar. Or just mute it. Oh, yeah, you can do that temporarily. On- oh, oh, that is. Oh. Tyler, where'd you go? I think Tyler's. Oh, there, there he is. Okay, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Sugar, the podcast. Today, we have some returning guests with us. And they go by Archetypes Collide. And last time we chatted with them, it was, I believe, November, November of 2020. Am I correct? Am I correct in that? I'm pretty sure that's when that, that episode uh, uh, dropped. And at the time, uh, you know, we were kind of on the, uh, the uh, you know, the start of putting out some, some new music uh, that you guys wrote up in Ohio with Ashi uh, and Nick. And today we really just want to focus on, I say really want to focus, really I just want to chat about, uh, you know, the, the release of Your Misery that came out shortly after the podcast uh, that we did and then talk about the singles that came came there afterwards and then just some some big moments that, that happened uh, in between now and then and then really just see where the conversation goes. So uh, let's just kind of jump into it. So, Mr. Kyle, um, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, just hanging out, watching football. Broncos suck. Um, life is good. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Tyler? <laughs> oh, it's a blast. I'm great. <laughs> Did you have All a question right. for me or just? No, I'm just, I just want, I just seeing how you guys are doing. How, how are we doing today? We're doing good. It's a Sunday. We're chilling, hanging out with the bros. It's a good day. Good. We got Kai. We got Jared. We got Brandon. How are we doing? Pretty solid, right, man. Yo. Amazing. Amazing. My good. scanning and tracking is now level 100. So that's pretty cool. What's up? And what New it? World? Come on. <laughs> New World's like the biggest thing. Come on. I just play Pokemon, so, you know. Uh, Unlike your 2008 Nintendo DS. Yeah, Kyle, get one of these guys. Actually, I have have it right here, if you don't mind. Don't be playing Pokemon in the middle of the episode. Oh, hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, we'll just just jump into it. So last time we chatted, we're getting ready for your, your misery. And I want to talk about, you know, the process in, in writing your misery and why you guys chose that to kind of be the first single of the, the, the first set of singles that you started putting out. Yeah, I think it started with 
Kai, you had the sample, right? When that song started? Yeah, that was uh, Brandon and I were working on that one. But I know we were we were like working on some other song. Like Brandon was like, oh, I got this idea. And we brought it in. And we're like, all right, like, we need some like vocal samples to like kind of enhance it a little bit. So we're just going down our list of samples. And we heard essentially what was the intro, like beginning of Your Misery. And we just were like, uh, we need to put this on pause and write something to this sample because this is like super dope. How do you guys go about finding samples? So a lot of us will use a splice and that's just a royalty free sample library. And a lot of times we can use it like as writing, uh, like a writing technique to kind of just, it's like having that second person without being there to kind of bounce an idea off of. Uh, for me, like I'll take a sample and then I'll just chop it up and make it into something completely different. Uh, and I know Jared and Brandon have been getting into using samples as well. Got it. And so you guys just piece things together, use it as like a, a start and then build on top of it. Sometimes. I mean, we, we also still will write, be like, oh, we have a guitar riff. That's cool. It's it's more of just like the I don't really have anything and I just need something to kind of work off of right now. And a little bit also, more of an aid. Yeah, a little, little bit of an aid. It's it's just another form of writing. Like I, I come, like a lot of my writing techniques were based off of like hip hop style writing. So it was just, you just have tracks and then you just kept adding more layers to that track and then just take away certain layers whenever you needed to. So that's just kind of how I've always built around my, my music. And I think I pushed that a lot onto like Jared and Brandon to, as like a writing technique and they seem to have been grasping it for like a lot of our newer stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it really just brings an extra, like, I mean, a lot of it's kind of a bells and whistles. It's that extra element. Um, but I think it's cool because like you guys are all like Kai and Jared and Brandon, you guys mess with that type of sample work a lot. And it's not so much as like just finding something, ripping it and, you know, pasting it. It's finding how to modify that and make it into something special so i think that's what like with the sample for your misery it has that little like octave drop on it and then like in the break pre-breakdown it has the kind of break groove and there's just a lot of i think it's just an element that we found we could do really well is is sampling things and and really reshaping them into into something that works with a bunch of dudes with guitars and drums it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun it sounds yeah, and to add on to that, like the theory of it was like back when I was first starting my first bands, I would go to Guitar Center. I would just take whatever instrument and plug it into any different amp, like an amp I did not have, like and just be on a preset I would never use. And I would actually write stuff like in a Guitar Center just because I'm using different sounds, something I'm not normally used to, something I don't have access to. So it was just, it's like that weird brainstorm of like, hey, this is like, something different like it's not something that i use on my day-to-day -day. and the inspiration just comes a lot quicker i used to go to uh there's we had a a guitar center fairly close to where i used to live and i used to go and they had like all their sets built you know like built in and people can like test them out and they had an actual drum room Did, do they have them at the guitar centers like actual like a room with like just a kit in it or anything mm -hmm. like that yeah so that's where i learned how to play uh downfall of us all by a day to remember uh on the drums was i wonder how many people have played 
downfall of us yeah. all in a drum room well, of you, you know what's center. funny is when i actually first started playing drums my buddy and i would go to guitar centers a lot to just drum um but we would always try and play the most metal core because we were like maybe playing for two or three years and that's what we would go to and now when when i go to guitar centers now i just stick to the pocket four four just to test out whatever i'm on and i see all these other drummers come in they're just trying to like just smash on whatever and i was just like it's just such a different mindset from when you first start something to when you can like actually finesse the kit and actually know what you're doing somewhat a downfall of us all is just a great example of that yeah i was definitely that guy and in the guitar center I love it. Or the guy playing like Sweet Child of Mine and, and the guitars or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Which probably also was Tyler. Yeah, it was crazy train. To be fair, that's the first actual <laughs> song I learned on guitar. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so with that being said about your misery, what was y'all's original, I guess, what were your expectations? What were you thinking was going to happen and what really happened i mean i'd say we the because we recorded a few songs out there um and i think the process was at first we had some demos we came in with that we were like hey these are the front runners you know and um what happened with ashi's producing and you know nick being influenced in there as well is the song really took on a form that we, I don't think we were really expecting it to. Um, it, it kind of wrote itself a little bit more once we were in studio and just had everyone's brain was in the right place. And uh, once it started riffing the energy we had with that song, I mean, literally the whole song was just like, go, 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 go. And I think once we finally got time to sit down and listen to these songs that we recorded, we were able to be like, holy cow, this song freaking like it, it's a banger and it's like all exciting like the whole time it doesn't slow down and I think that's for me when I, I realized like hey this one I think we should lead with this because it's got the most energy I mean it's just it's just it's a rager it's fun mm -hmm. we almost didn't even do it too yeah it it actually almost didn't make it the only reason why it did was because we actually had like an extra day or two of writing still before we had to get to doing drums and doing like all the bells and whistles stuff. So they're just like, do you have anything? And so we were just going down our list and Nick was the one, I think Nick was like the final person to just be like, this is the song we're doing because he was like, all right, out of all of these, this one has a hook. Like this one immediately grabs my attention. Like, let's just do this one. And so really when we were in the studio your misery was kind of like eh, like this is the for fun one it may not be the single or whatever and it ended up being the single how many so before we when we when we chatted you couldn't tell us how many songs we you guys can. had 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 written <laughs> and i know uh i guess you still can't but how many songs did you go to the studio like how many demos did you go to the studio with i mean think in like maybe 20 might have been 20 at the time but they weren't like not all of them were full demos either there was, I mean, there was like probably oh, okay. there was like less than 10 that were like pretty written out and that's what happened was your misery wasn't exactly a completed to be honest partially to my own um not, not a lot of songs were 
completed. They were just pretty solid ideas. We knew once we got in the studio with, with Osh and just his brain and, and seeing what he could do with it, we knew that we'd be able to come up with stuff. But that's what that is. I, I, I totally forgot about that when Kai mentioned it, is that that song was the last, like, hey, whatever, let's just write something. What's the best idea we got left in our box, drop box of ideas? And I remember the mentality going into that song was just like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we did a bleh, like right off the bat into the riff. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be pretty funny. And it's like, well, why don't we just do everything that we've always wanted to do, but we're just like too like, oh, that'd be cheesy, that'd be corny. Let's just do it. And and it it kind of turned out to be a really fun song. We're like, oh, what a concept. If we do stuff that we actually think is going to sound good without worrying about what everyone else thinks, it, it kind of uh, worked out. So. Yeah. Did you did you have your lyrics pre-written to majority of the songs or did you do a lot of the writing in the studio? So that specifically with your misery, um, I don't think, no, I did have, I had lyrics written out. The melody shifted a lot um, mm-hmm. with Ashi. Um, he's really involved with the, uh, which is the writing process with the vocals and whatnot. Um, and he really shaped like the chorus of the song was a lot of a lot of him. Um, the bridge, I think that bridge breakdown retained its for the most part. I, so, I kind of had that written out there, but yeah, like li- listening back to like our original demo because I do remember like I think you actually recorded an actual vocal take of it like before you got on the flight, and majority of like that breakdown bridge was pretty close to like what you were what you had in the studio. It was very swingy how he originally, I was like, it was yeah. a very swingy scream. And then she kind of put up the point of, you know, live, say it, then let it hit. And it's going to come across so much better live if you do it this way. And which was good input because I, I definitely out. agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, which part was that? Um, uh, your misery part where he just goes, your misery. Oh, okay. It yeah. just hits. Um, but we like made, the part where you sing. call out, yeah. We need to call out, but also the, the part, um, bury me, uh, you know, <laughs> the, I can't even think of the breakdown right now. Bury me but, down into your misery. Yeah, when it actually comes in full force and he's screaming, that mm. was supposed to be more of a swing type scream instead of just on the dot, how he did it in the original. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's how he kind of produced that a little bit. Dude, I, you guys are reminding me of so much stuff that I totally Oh, yeah. And Kyle, by the way, you didn't hear it at the booth, but uh, the bleh. Your boy. That was you, right? Yeah, I told Ash, I told Ash, like, hey, tell him to do a blech in there. And so Ash is like, Kyle, do a blech. And then it just, it worked out. I laughed. And then they're like, no, for real, do it. I'm like, really? I get to do this? I'm like, heck yeah. You have to. (laughs) Well, it was the same for the, like, the rough too, right? Or whatever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember, I remember when you guys were were talking about new music and uh, I was like, you guys need more blechs. And then you just go, just wait. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate that. Um, cool. And so once it released, let's talk about just the reaction. Oh, you know, y'all's interpretation of the reactions and, and what you guys felt after it came out. I mean, this song, like the initial, like our release day, it pretty much went like our normal release days, which... It was, it was a strong release. And then the next day, I remember seeing like on our little Spotify for artists app, it was like, your song's on two Spotify curated playlists. And we're like, what? 
hit editorial playlist and that was like oh such an awesome moment for us because that's hype <laughs> yes if people don't really um get what we're talking about so spotify has playlists where you can make your own playlist and be like hey these are my favorite rock bands and i like these songs and you make your own playlist right but there's specific playlists that spotify they're called editorial playlists and they make them themselves they choose who's going to be on it and we landed one of them was new metal playlist which had like i don't even know how many people followed it but um and then the other one was new blood and i think the combination of the two was like both playlists all together like had five i think it was close to like five hundred thousand like followers on them right uh the not the new blood but the other one was already at five hundred thousand. yeah and the new blood was like uh almost like 200 it was nuts. yeah it was it was quite the widespread that it hit for our just our streaming numbers for that whole weekend helped yeah. us a ton for the first week of release and just like metric wise like for us as a band we have so like um, when we put our music out, we have, we built up a pretty decent fan base, you know, as far as locally. And so like our releases go, well, if they don't hit an editorial, it's not like the end of the world, but mm-hmm. we had never hit one before. So we submitted it for editorial review and we we're like, Hey, let's see what happens. And, uh, we hit both of those. And like, I mean, we were probably like 25, 27,000 monthly listeners. I think at the end of it all, we ended up pushing up to what did we cap at 80? Uh, 80, with 80 something well with like that completely with like that one with, with those editorials i think we got up to like 40 or so yeah. it was just it was just what happened afterwards is what pushed it to that 80 oh, right yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, right. i mean your misery happened yeah your misery brought it up quite a bit and then obviously more songs came out and then it just kept going and going and going more <laughs> even before um become what i hate came out I oh mean, yeah in december i think it got on serious right yeah that was we oh were that's on right hit radio yeah we, helped we us were on what was it um the test drive yeah and like we didn't know about any of that like i remember i got off work and i'm just scrolling down facebook and this other guy who was managing a band he's like oh check out the band like i'm managing they made test drive but i'm looking at the image for the artworks on it and your misery's artworks on there and i'm like (laughs) wait what (laughs) no one told us that we were going to be on sirius xm like because they do a test drive how what probably every two weeks or so or is it every week i don't know but i think they do it fairly often like every few weeks or so yeah and so that was like the editorial play was was one like hey we did something pretty good here people like it we're you know, developing a bigger fan base, which is awesome. It just, you know, allows us to do more. And then mm-hmm. XM, they picked it up and it was like, is this real life? Like, what are we doing? Um, and the idea behind Drive was they play it, people respond or comment and be like, hey, what do you think? And something clicked with XM and our song. And they said, hey, you know what? We want these guys to be on our next um accelerators was that what it was called right yeah so so it went from test drive which was just like a hey we're gonna shout you guys out have a good day yeah you know for a weekend and then it turned into a hey we're gonna play you guys basically six seven times a day for the next two months so um you're welcome right right and then again the 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 monthly listeners just continue to grow from there 
And then what, it wasn't too long before became becoming what I hate came out, right? Because November, I think, was when. Yeah, it, no, November was your misery, and then December, January, and I think in February is when we released "Become What I Hate." Either end of January, beginning of February. I think it was February beginning is what I'm going towards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a blur. I honestly can't remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, "Becoming What I Hate" came out January fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow! So mid January. Okay. So it really wasn't that that long of a gap. No. So in between that, you guys obviously put out the remix to your misery. Uh, I am curious what the kind of the idea was there. Just, you know, something I know you guys haven't done before. Uh, what, what were y'all's thoughts there? I mean, the initial idea was, hey, we have like all the individual tracks for like our songs, like which we hadn't had before. And so we're like, let's try a remix. Like, let's just see what happens. So uh hooked it up as a guy I used to work with he's been very big into like edm music and dubstep so just just as a tester we're like all right let's just send us a few ideas of like what you got and we'll just put it out there see if people like it or not and it's like worst case scenario it's like more content like that's yeah. kind of where we were going with right well oh was someone gonna say something oh, oh i like it, it. No, it, it like clicked. Anyways, um, thank y'all for letting me do y'all's little uh, video for it. That was that was a fun little thing to do, and I had never done anything like that before, so that was fun. Um, it looked like you knew what you were doing. So, I mean, kind of, but not really. <laughs> you passed. It was cool. I liked it. <laughs> That's the vibe check. Ten out of ten. And when you said, "Hey, can you make a stream video?" I had no idea what you what you were talking about. I had never heard it called a stream video before. Of course I can. Google. I think you should make a side business for local Google bands in video. Texas, and you should just run a stream video business. You'd probably make a good <laughs> thousand a week, honestly. If they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was fun. I think, I think they do. So what was the, the decision for the close release for Becoming What I Hate? I know, I mean, typically you guys would wait months and months before uh, putting out a new song. What was, uh, what was the thought there? I mean, I, I guess someone correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, when we went to the studio, we obviously recorded some songs and we kind of in our heads had a plan on how we wanted to release them and execute that schedule. Um, I don't know. When, when did Tom and Ashi become a part of the team? Is that was like j January, end of December? Jan like January-ish. Yeah. Uh, so I think with all the serious XM play that Your Misery is getting, it kind of piqued um, Tom's interest in the band. Uh, which if someone wants to explain that situation. Yeah, sorry, we're just name dropping people, I feel like. Yeah, sorry. Um, so Ashi is, <laughs> or I mentioned Ash, Ashi. He's the um, bassist from Beartooth. He does vocals. Um, he produced um, what we recorded um, in, in Ohio. So Your Misery, Becoming What I Hate, Above It All. Um, he, he was on all that work right, right there. Um, now, Tom, he is manager for Beartooth, Siler, et cetera. Um, and through the process of us hitting XM, um, I think basically it, it, we were doing well and we've never had management before. So it just made sense. Hey, we're good friends with these guys. They like what we do. We obviously like what they do. 
And the conversation came up, well, do you guys have management? Do you want to have management? And I think for us, it was, I think it's something where you don't really like pursue management until you need it. And Mm -hmm. for us, we very quickly realized that there's a lot of places and opportunities we are missing out on because we don't have the the abilities the connections the resources and the the time to to do all that work that management involves so that's when tom and osh came on board um i think yeah right around january uh february maybe but and they've been huge and just really i mean the things we've been able to do and um, continue to have opportunities coming up to do is, is, is nuts. So they're cool dudes. If you don't know them, go follow them. They're great. So the connections thing is, is, is big anywhere, right? It's, it's important in anything you do. And uh, I think it's just, it's cool from, from my perspective. I mean, I've been watching you guys for years and years and years do all this stuff. And um you know, to see where you guys are at now is just like, wow. You know, I, I would have never, I say what I've never, I, I had faith in you guys for sure, but faith in me. <laughs> I, but I would say that being someone that has obviously known you Kyle for uh, quite some time now and, and getting to know the rest of the band members, uh, you guys have, I really, I would say achieve something and, you know, an amount of time that I feel like is, you guys put in the work for, right? And you really didn't stop, right? Uh, I think that's that's important. And now Tom and Ashi managing you guys and, and getting you guys in, in touch with people uh, that are going to help continue to grow you guys is, is just super cool to watch. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's just been really dope to see. Yeah, and I think it's just the idea of we're still, like it's just five dudes that have no idea what they're doing and our team is growing um, through management, booking agent. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's cool to see that we've been able to prove ourselves and now people want to be a part of that. Not just because, you know, Hey, we can make revenue, but because like we're relatively normal dudes and and it's fun to work with people you consider your friends. And, uh, I think the same with Osh and Tom, like they're, they're super down to earth dudes and that's why they're successful. Like nobody wants to work with people that are kind of have their heads stuck up their butt like you want to do business with people that you like hanging out with we like doing zoom calls or hanging out with you because obviously you're super down to earth with us and and that's kind of where where it's led us so it's exciting to see with everything coming up what we'll be able to do there so Mm -hmm. yeah for sure anybody else have any uh any thoughts on that no god you guys are lame just kidding. I'm just kidding. I talk uh, too much. <laughs> uh, okay, so awesome. So Ashi and, and Thomas, Tom came on board. Uh, you know, shortly after the beginning of becoming what I hate release. Let's talk about that one. Where was becoming what I hate on the on the list of songs that you guys were, you know, going up to Ohio to record? Was it one that you guys were like, yeah, we're we're picking this one, or was it, yeah, this one's good. Let's see where it goes. So uh, I believe Ashi was the one that was like, this is the one, like the very first song as soon as he got there. Yeah, yeah he, was so, he was really sold on the, the guitar riff that was put into there. So he's like, all right, let's just take this guitar riff 
and scrap everything else in the song in the demo and start over. Wow. Control alt delete, shut it down. Which and, uh, I mean, that was like a first for us because we've never been like, oh yeah, like let's just write a song in studio. It's always just been like, here's our demo and mm-hmm. just kind of just take little bits and pieces in and out, not start almost from scratch. Mm-hmm. So once once he control alt deleted everything but that guitar riff, where what was the did you guys just build on top of that that riff and then be like, all right, Tyler, now go lay down some drums? Like how did that it what was, was really an, it was a new process, I feel like, for a lot of us because like like Kai said, I mean uh, previously recording, like we would show up full songs, um, you know all the bells and whistles like hey we got to do this ourselves and then the producing um you know they'd help make it come alive you know more though more so than our garage band or you know home mixing studios can do Mm -hmm. um, with all their gear and so ashi i think i remember him like right off the bat like he just wanted to make sure like hey going into this are you guys cool if i just completely um you know, overhaul stuff. Like we don't, I don't want to get, you know, if that's not what you guys want to do, that's cool, whatever. But like, I remember him having that conversation, like, Hey, just, you guys trust me. There's some things I want to do and just, you know, let's go for it. And I think that was his, his mindset going into it is he really, he liked certain things of certain songs. And he's like, Hey, this is it. And, and then we just kind of sat in there and, and the process of doing more writing, he really brought to the table and, and reshaping stuff and um, throwing out a lot of ideas or taking influence from other ones. And it was really cool to have a fifth, I guess a sixth, um, a sixth brain in the mix doing that. So yeah, he was huge with that song. That's really cool because I feel like to him, you know, he knows you guys are putting y'all's faith in him to, to help write and, and create something that you guys can, can be proud of. But him asking that like, Hey, are you guys cool with that? I think it's super dope. And then you guys being like, yeah, like we trust you, I think made him feel, I would like to say like, all right, cool. I got this. Let's, let's, let's make it happen. Here's what I think. And then that's how becoming what I hate, you know, came to be, which I think is super cool. Yeah. And it's hard because sometimes like, whether it's like, you know, guitar riffs or drum riffs or even chorus ideas going in there, like we have to, if we want to make the best music we can make, we have to be able be able to set aside our, I guess, pride to an extent, right? In what we do and be like, hey, you know what? If someone's got an idea or whatever, let's hear it out. And if it completely, you know, destroys the chorus that I had in mind, I mean, if everyone's on board with it, I got to be ready to be like, you know what? Five to one, there must be something here. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that was a big learning experience because I think for me, a lot of the times going into it, I was pretty, um, I I would say personally, I wasn't as involved with a lot of the writing this time around, um, which I think was cool because Kai was really, you know, leading a lot of that charge with the work and, and Jared and Tyler and Brandon. I mean, um, but it was cool just to be able to, to be a part of it and still have something really cool turn out when I didn't necessarily do as much with it. So. And then by the, by the end of it, once it was finished, you know, it was just like from where it was. All right. So that gets us a good question from where it, it landed, right? To where you guys started with it. 
obviously a completely different song uh and you guys were were happy with it but you know was it like just opposite ends of the spectrum like what was i guess the the comparison between where it started and where it ended i'd say the comparison it's not it's it's almost like an alternate version of it i guess like the only song i feel like when we went in and it was completely opposite ends of the spectrum was above it all but like becoming what i hate your misery like those two were like they had the same vibe it's just more of like okay is is the chord progression for this chorus is it the best that it could be like that's essentially kind of where it was going so it was like okay well let's make it more something like radio like something that's just like everyone's going to be into it mm-hmm. and nothing like, was really off limits yeah yeah and same thing would be like okay that breakdown riff that's a cool idea but we can make it better so it was just like it just kept building off of like different ideas got it got it so once once becoming what i hate came out you know what was what was the reaction what what came from that uh after it kind of had some some time to to sit i mean, I mean the video oh, was go ahead now, I, honestly i'm reaching back to remember i just knew i was super happy about the video i feel like it was something we had never done um, if you didn't know the, the video for becoming what i hate was 100 green screen in a room um what, what like a 20 by 20 space i mean it was uh lance our videographer he's done a lot of work for us and he took that and made it pretty freaking sweet and that was really cool to just see what he could do with a blank canvas Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it turned out way better than honestly i was even thinking in my head so that was a really cool fun shoot because we're just like literally trying to pretend we're somewhere we're not playing a music video on a green screen it's like uh this is awkward just kind of had to like we had to like live in a space in our heads until he obviously edited it and you know put it there so right i don't think we didn't we didn't talk about the the video for your misery either but that one was really cool because it was almost like a lyric video but it was also a music video of you guys you know playing the instruments too so i thought that one was pretty dope also lance's work yeah, yeah. you know but you know what's funny is lance so that spot we recorded the video at um i had a mutual friend who did a lot of car photography stuff like that and i saw him post a photo of it probably it had to be a f- I don't know, probably sometime between March and I guess November when we actually released the song. But um, I remember just taking it like, hey, where is this place? I need to shoot a video here, you know, because mm-hmm. I saw the hex, the hexagons on the ceiling and stuff like that. I was like, this place is sick. It'd be great for a video. And right. uh, what's funny is Lance knew once we put this video up, people were going to be like, hey, where'd you guys shoot that? You know? And so Lance really, I mean, probably more so did more work than we paid him for honestly i mean the dude went over and beyond to make that video something special so all the effects the you know the lyrics on the screens just the the crazy warping whatever videographer terms you use but i think his goal was to let's do this video the best we can do so that way no one else can walk in there now they got it if they want to do a video there they they better bring their air game because if they don't ours is better so i think right. that was lance just bawling out on that video it was such a cool 
Well, I can I can align with that because as as a videographer, as someone that that does that, I mean, yeah, you know, you you kind of give your client what they pay for, but you also don't want to put out you know work that you can't be proud of. So I I would say that that makes total sense, right? He saw an opportunity to be like, this is going to be super dope and uh, we're going to make it super dope. <laughs> we'll make it impossible for people to copy us because we're going to do it so well. And that was, that was really intent behind that video, which I mean, obviously it, it just went so well. So. Oh, right. And just the mixture of just it actually being a music video and having the lyrics on the screen is, I feel like you don't see that a lot. It's, it's either you have the video or you have a, a lyric video, right? Uh, or, or a stream video as you, uh, want to call it <laughs> uh, Tyler your your, your audio is a little low not sure why is couldn't really hear you while he's fixing that um yeah the the things like Lance I mean he essentially made a wall out of nothing because there was one side of the room like it was just all glass windows looking inside the shop but he made that he made it into a full room. So it's like, he was doing a lot of like rotoscoping and just making sure everything was just as perfect as it could be while still making it look super glitchy. And like mm -hmm. he was working two ends of the spectrum on what he was doing. So, I mean, super kudos to like what he did for that video. And I, I've seen so many people just commenting and be like, whoever like filmed this did amazing on this video. If you, if you that room only has two walls, that's so the way it's set up with the lights so there's the back wall behind tyler on the drums it's like a brick black wall um and then to your right i guess our left that we're playing there was a wall with light bars on it and then of course the ceiling to our right there wasn't anything over there besides a little bit further there were some windows and stuff and and whatnot um and lance literally if you watch the video he made a wall <laughs> for that video to exist there mirroring the Copy wall paste. that was on our left and then there there's a couple extra shots um of like me by myself singing and that's actually against a um garage door because it was an auto shop it's a uh, they do like painting and stuff like that and you know fixing up cars and whatnot and they had it was a garage door you can kind of tell if you look at it it just had some of that kind of glass opaque kind of style to it so yeah it was a cool spot we got to find more <laughs> we got lucky and i mean you can't beat the lighting like the the hexagon so cool. honey honeycomb yeah, whatever you want to call it like that was that was really cool i thought this was like an actual like recording studio that's that's what he made it look like no it was a hot garage with no ac is what <laughs> i was, was gonna say i was oh, gonna say no ac in there boom let's go i'm out I was about to say, I can, I can imagine it was not a, it's not warm there in, you know, Phoenix. Well, I mean, it wasn't, you guys didn't record it in the summertime, did you? We yeah, did. We, oh, you yeah. did? Because we recorded in March in Ohio and then a video we shot, I, I think it had June to be like July. June or July, like hottest months of the year, like uh, yeah. 100, 110 plus. I mean, but we've, we've had a, quite a few videos where we've uh, played and recorded in miserable circumstances. Um, like we might all have cancer in our lungs just from recording in a basement one more for night. one more night. Um, and then forgive me, it was Probably like 30, 40 degrees out and we're spraying water and getting hypothermia and pneumonia. And then um, 
well wasted we just put some holes in my parents houses floor. you stop it it was an accident <laughs> anyways <laughs> I but still yeah, feel we've uh, we've played in some uh miserable elements Ho- hopefully we'll be able to maybe plan a little bit better so we don't die completely uh, but it adds I, I, to it i guess i remember the end of your misery like our shooting for that day like we went we all went to get food and i'm sitting in the car with tyler and i'm like tyler i need to go home like i do not feel good i get inside i pop a tylenol and as soon as it like gets to the back of my throat i'm just like and here comes the vomit like i had Ooh. i had a heat stroke but then like after i threw up i was like okay i feel fine now and take a nap where where did the uh the video for forgive me get recorded because i mean you're inside and you guys had water everywhere how did that was actually in wait can you hear me now am i good yeah we can hear you now yeah okay i fixed my audio that was actually in uh globe uh so it was the same area where we shot uh one more night and we actually used and I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to think so one more night and forgive me we're shot in similar areas underground and there are different scenes in that same building kind of climbing up stairs and like different hallways yeah. and stuff and then we actually went i think a mile or two down the road to an open like almost like a brickyard courtyard um it's I don't a know, jailhouse it's jailhouse yeah, yeah. Jailhouse. and we pretty much centered ourselves in this little corner that had like a pretty cool background and they just sprayed a hose uh yeah. but the it area was, is uh, really cool it's it was a, cool. <laughs> it's a uh so it's basically an old mining town um we live in arizona for like i said context um in Arizona, there's like the East Valley, which is like Gilbert Mesa, you know, whatever. And then there's West Valley where, you know, our guitarists live. Um, <laughs> that's about it. And then uh, <laughs> nothing great over there. Nothing, nothing good <laughs> over there. But if you go pretty, pretty much what about a, an hour east from from all of us, um, you hit Globe. There's actually a place called Miami in Arizona, which is where that ghost town is. And it's nothing like Miami, Florida. Um, there's probably population has got to be sub 100. Like it's, it's tiny, nothing going on there. And there's a lot of old buildings and yeah, that building we use the warehouse for, um, forgive me. And then, uh, one more night. And then of course the, the other place, but it's, then we go into a haunted prison as well. Yeah. That was right next door to the, so the last scene in forgive me where it's raining, that -hmm. was the secondary spot in Miami. Um, and that was actually outdoors. Um, and then we, uh, we literally had a guy with a hose spraying it up in the air. It was like 40 degrees out 42, I think 43. It was, cool. it was uh, and, November, uh, I believe 100% yes. was, I hate, I can't even jump in a pool when it's like 80 degrees. I still get like, Oh, I got an inch in. Like I can't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. And you guys d- destroyed your, uh, your equipment. I I'm going to assume it was, you know, just stuff. You probably found it. It was all Jared's actually. Was it really? No. No. Oh, no. I was like, I was like, what? I regret throwing that stuff away, to be honest. Just because I threw away a lot of gear that I could have still used, but I didn't bring the towels and stuff to put it back in my car when we were done. Like I threw away a, a pair of double pedal iron cobras that still worked. They were just soaked. I could have just wiped them off. Um, some symbol stands that still worked and the symbols were like dented here and there, but I could use those practice symbols. Um, all in a dumpster somewhere in Globe. Obviously, it's good to be a vocalist, but I don't have to smash anything. So, except your yeah, my guitar was already broken, so I wasn't worried about it. <laughs> and we bought a couple like random like 
busted guitars from friends or i don't know mm-hmm. if maybe some people thought we might be like actually using them instead of smashing them we didn't tell them when we bought them from them so um yeah, uh, so when they that. when they saw the video they're like oh wait oh, oh. oh they're using my guitar <laughs> oh that's my well, we pay people for stuff like it's just like we buy <laughs> Oh, it's uh, little Jimmy. There's your guitar. He's playing it. It's, it's like a vintage. <laughs> so many memories. He's like, oh, wow, they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I had to, I just I bought one up. I bought the cheapest bass on Amazon because I'm like, I can't do that to somebody. <laughs> that's, so you guys straight up bought the, like these off people and just destroyed them in the video. We bought some burners. Well, mine yeah, was already mine. The trash. So. Yeah, the, the, the kit I used was they're a trash, trash, trash guitar. So and I asked if I could break it. They said yes. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Uh, such a great song, by the way. I mean, thank you. Your favorite. It's my favorite, <laughs> yeah. Still is. I listened to it earlier, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it still is such a good song. And Kyle uh, explained to me what the song is about uh, the other weekend, and I was like, wow, super relatable. So that's why I feel like I like it so much, so um great song great song 100 all right so i do have a topic before we get to above it all um you guys did the serious xm lincoln park cover and i remember when it dropped but i don't remember how how you guys got to doing that so what was the i guess you know did they reach out to you what was the how'd that happen Sure. Um, so it's pretty straightforward. I'll just keep talking. Sorry, unless you guys want to. Um, <laughs> you're like, no, you're good. <laughs> I was going to dish it to Jared. Um, so when Sirius XM did the test drive for us, that was supposed to be a one off. Hey, new music, random bands. We like to shout out people here and there just to, you know, promote new artists and give them a shot at, you know, a bigger stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Somewhere between that and the 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 Lincoln Park cover is where they brought us on to be one of their accelerators. Um, so um, every once in a while, SiriusXM will do an accelerators run, which is basically three or four bands that they think are like, hey, this is next up and coming people. And so one, just to get on test drive was cool. And then they decided, you know what? No, these guys are it. We like them a lot. We're going to really push them. And like I said, they, they were spending us probably five to seven times a day for like two months. And so they did an accelerators concert, which had us. Um, there was um, zero. And then. Caskets and varsity. The varsity. And varsity. Yeah. yeah. Caskets, which were captives. Um, they actually just put an out, which is. Um, really good oh, so did wage war by the way um oh, but aside dude, from wage no war, idea. Put an album? <laughs> but yeah so is it good us, it's great Wait, it's amazing <laughs> I, i'm sorry i'll stop sorry inside joke wage war put an album out. it's great um wait wage war put out an album stop it was the four of us and they said hey do three songs and if you could do a cover as one of them that'd be sick and we're like consider it done and then um yeah we really just I mean, yeah, I was, uh, the idea was to just, uh, I don't know what other songs were we thinking of doing. Do you guys know? 
I don't think we had another cover because we were like, oh, we could just do our cover too good at goodbyes. But then we're like, eh, nah, let's do something else. We, we chose the song because it was for Sirius XM. So we wanted to choose a song that people listening to Sirius would relate to or enjoy. Um, we didn't want to make it some obscure random song. They're just kind of like, they can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we went through like two or three Linkin Park songs or if we're just like, this is it. I don't I think I knew um, personally, like Linkin Park, I knew that was a huge influence in, in how I sing and screaming and like what I do. So I knew that would be an easy one to, um, you know, go for because it, it comes naturally for me. I wouldn't have to force much there. Um, I feel like there were other, I'm sure there was stuff out there we were thinking of, but yeah, it was just like, hey, it's a sick song. It's got a pretty cool breakdown. Um, let's have some fun with it and do some different things to, to stand out. So, um, yeah, we recorded that as one of the songs for the live for the live concert that we did with them. So, I don't think we mentioned what song it was. <laughs> one step closer. One step closer by Lincoln Park. It's off yeah. of their first album. Wait, so you said you're you're juggling a few of them. So is one step closer. Which other ones were you guys thinking about? I don't... Sure, Paper Cut was on there. Uh, I don't know, honestly. I feel like we just had a discussion. It was like pretty straightforward. Because I think yeah. we were just trying to figure out which ones were like, okay, which ones are more just like like singing vocal, like not so much back and forth rap because we only have the one vocalist. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's right. That's right. We were just like, okay, which ones are going to work well within our situation and also not be ones that we have to like recreate a lot of like layers that we don't technically have so that was big too yeah something mm-hmm. we would be able to pull off with five people and not have to have you know recreate all these crazy backing tracks and synths and stuff like let's just do something that's just straight to the point it's it's metal it's rock and let's just have some fun and that's kind of where it was it was an easy song um and then we got to do some cool things with it like the end of the song we did kind of a extended breakdown um during the the breakdown we have jared do some uh kind of scratching um to replicate a like a scratch from like a you know a scratch board exactly mm-hmm. turntable cool. turntable turn yeah. scratch boards we did that but yeah it, it was a uh, that was a lot of fun it turned out really well so yeah, no, it did turn out really good. I remember going and reading the comments underneath the uh, the video that they posted, and there really like wasn't, you know, there wasn't really bad comments on it, unless you guys saw them and I didn't. But I saw mostly all very much positive positive uh, feedback. Uh, so, about it. so to add for that, so they actually they promoted that video twice. The first time was for that accelerator, which we saw the initial like, Oh, like Lincoln park did it better, obviously, or like, like stop trying to be Chester. Yada, yada. <laughs> the second time they did, they promoted it was uh, the, the anniversary passing of Chester that day we got, I think, I don't think I saw a single negative comment. Like I saw everybody saying it's like, this is great. Like, this is amazing. Like, thank you for like staying true to like the song and like, some like the diehards were even like oh wow they did like the extended breakdown like they do how they did it live like mm-hmm. they they were so like so open-armed about it it was like almost like a night and day of seeing like the real fan the base reaction. came out yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the real the real ones came out that day yeah and Got that's it. what's risky is like doing a lincoln park song you're you're putting a a target on your back i mean there's a lot of people who you know you, you, 
it's kind of one of those bands that you really can't touch like you got to be careful you know mm-hmm. with, with trying to do their stuff um just because of how diehard people are and, and just i mean the metal community can be fun sometimes so we knew like hey we're gonna do this we might literally we got a rip on it and we got to go for it so i was like hey you know what i'm just gonna do a scream off of that let's just like let people know hey we're here um shut up and listen here we go so right <laughs> I'm and talking it, to you. it's it's risky you're right it's risky going for such a big band like that and covering other songs i mean i i would it's great that you guys got the reaction you guys did on that the second time i guess it came around again i didn't see a lot of negatives but uh overall it was a jam um so moving on from that you know there was time before between becoming what i hate and above it all coming out right i mean it was what like two or three months three or four like four four or five because it came out in june so like five months oh yeah yeah because becoming what i hate was in january January. so yeah okay and so with that you know there was time to build up the the excitement around a new song coming right and i had no idea you know when i first heard the song after it dropped without watching the video what the song was about so I want to give Kyle the, you know, the kind of opportunity to kind of explain the song and, and how that one came to be and, and what it means. Cause I think it was a, a fantastic message that needed, you know, needed to be out there. So. Yeah. So really, as far as that goes, um, lyrically the song, like you said, by itself, it, it's a very straightforward message. Um, and obviously it's clear to, to, to read into as far as that goes, but we really wanted to, with the video to specifically just put things that we've personally experienced either firsthand or, you know, loved ones we've seen go through stuff like that. And so the idea with, um, there was a couple different scenes. Like one of them was just the, um, relationally where it's, uh, physical abuse um, we had the mental um, you know the symbol symbolic of like the mental illness of with with uh, nano actually one of the guys in the video that was Brandon's brother uh, Nathaniel so um, but that was fun just doing that with him and, and that was symbolic of just prescription abuse um, personally I've had friends that um, it's, it's pretty tough stuff because, you know, you see people and we've all seen it. We, we get older, we, we get more exposed to it, but just the, uh, the process of seeing people, what they used to be, where they are now, and they're battling this addiction that legitimately has changed their, their brain, their, how they function. And that's difficult, you know? And so we wanted to touch on that. Um, and then, of course, the, the third one we've had, um, personally, I've had a lot of friends that have struggled with um, loss as far as um, miscarriages, you know, losing a child um, and knowing that it's kind of a silent, a lot of these things, these struggles are kind of silent struggles that no one really talks about, um, except with, you know, people that are really close or, or they think like, hey, you know, whatever, it's just. I'll be able to figure it out myself. And, and uh, 
that was just the idea to let people know like hey we we realize that this affects everyone either firsthand or um, for pretty much everyone secondhand but um it, it yeah we just wanted to go to a place that was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and to let people know that hey like we've all been there as well and to lean into that versus just avoid talking about it is 100% more beneficial um, with yeah. all this stuff. So, you know, you mentioned that it was pretty straightforward and me being who I am and how, when I, when I listen to music, my first, and I don't know if there's people, I'm, I'm assuming there's other people out there that are like that, but um, I, I don't listen to lyrics right away. I'm, I'm a music person. So I'll take in the music before I even think about what the words are even saying. Like, and I'll even memorize the words and not know really the true meaning behind them, even if it is very straightforward. Um, that That is me to a T. And so for me recently, I'm like, that's what, when, when I asked you like, what is forgive me? Like, what's the, what's the premise behind it? I was like, it makes sense now listening to it, right? But I didn't even, I had no idea that that was what that, song was about and so um with above it all when it came out I was like oh this is a cool song you know like I'm listening to the music and then when you drop when I saw the video I was like wait oh that's what's that's what he's saying that's what he's talking about so I just thought it was really cool and then the reaction that you guys got from it uh I know it was like really special for you guys because like you said a lot of people deal with these these silent uh things going on in their life and uh, they, I, you, you guys put out something that was super, super relatable. Uh, are, are there any, any comments or any messages that you guys got that, you know, from people that you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, we had one, he, um, he messaged us on our Facebook privately and he said, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. Just is pretty much him saying, it's like tonight I was driving around kind of thinking about ending it all and then your song came up and it completely it like it changed me today like it, it, it was almost like I, I I the way I would put it is like it was like the catalyst for him to get out of whatever what he was feeling that night and I remember I remember getting a message it was like probably like three or four in the morning like our time and I immediately just like got out of bed just responded to him let him know that like it's like hey we're glad we're able to help like please reach out for people like to get help like but to see people react that way has it's it's almost like like I'm looking at a mirror because like I remember as a kid like listening to songs that affected me like feeling that same way now I've got people telling the exact same thing back to me it's 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 unbelievable like it's it's crazy just to think that Mm -hmm. and and it's like it's 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 new territory for us i feel like because the more and more our audience grows the more opportunities we have to reach people like that and yeah even just one message like that like seriously makes our world completely different our mindset about what we do Um, I mean, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we're musicians, we play music, and we write because we like to, you know, entertain, we like to, um, it's something that's just in our DNA, like we love to play music, and we love to serve people and and, and do that. And so I don't think, you know, we write stuff to really um, 
you know, trying to like with the mindset, like we're going to save people or anything like that, because Mm -hmm. there's so many more qualified professionals out there that actually do that type of work. Uh, But the idea that we could play a part in pushing someone towards that. um, Yeah, I agree with Kai. That was, that was, um, there was a lot of people that, that video um, and just the message of that song was something that I didn't personally expect to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's different territory and it's really cool when you have people that connect on that level. It's just like, who are we to be, you know, I won't even say worthy of that, but like to be, you know, you know, like we're not special, you know, there's nothing like, we're not that, I mean, we're just normal dudes, whatever. But I mean, just the idea that we can still impact people um, that just makes us, makes our wheels turn. Like, this is awesome. Let's keep working. Let's keep going at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. I love it. So that's dope. That's dope. That's really cool. I, I didn't know that story. Um, was, and I remember that was like pretty recent. That was like maybe I don't know, not even a month ago. Like it was uh, very, very recent. Yeah, I remember reading the comments on the YouTube video, and uh, they were all just like, "Wow, this spoke to me." Wow, like thank you guys and and stuff like that, which I just, I just thought was super cool. I thought that song was um, a great release overall. And then that, at that point, pushed you guys to a point where you were, what you capped at what, like 80,000 monthly listeners on, on Spotify. And uh, that was, numbers. that was just, it was just cool to see it progressively just climb and climb and climb and climb. Um, yeah. I, I have it pulled up here. Now you guys are sitting right around 60, uh, 60,000 right now, which, you know, whenever kind of uh yeah whenever (laughs) it works whenever new music uh comes um i can only imagine that that number is just gonna it's gonna surpass the 80 that you guys hit and it's you know everyone knows it's an an ebb and flow of of on the way up right they Uh, say brandon has to get a tattoo at 100k so um, now everyone knows (laughs) so uh, now everyone knows we need to hold them accountable so we'll get there but yeah, right now we've been doing a lot of, uh, I guess, demoing, a lot of writing. And uh, yeah, we still have some other things that we're waiting to, I guess, release. Is that the right term mm-hmm. um, that we've been working on? So I'm sure soon we'll be able to, to get there. But yeah, right now we're just um, demoing writing. We did a show um, a couple months ago. That was actually a lot of fun. It was a little headliner. It was our first show since ni- uh, 2019. So And it sold out. Yeah, it was nuts. We're just a little local band, but <laughs> a little local band. <laughs> Honestly, uh, that like that show, that was a trip of a show because I mean, it's funny that we're talking about like above it all, and it, like it almost has like that, like not depressing, but just like it's like it feels like super real. But then when you put it in a show environment, it's just like party, like everybody's just jumping around, smiling, like. Like I saw videos of people like in the crowd and I'm just like, this is like the complete opposite of like what the video like brings. It takes on a different life. Yeah. It, yeah. It was interesting. It was just cool to see. Yeah. Playing that song live was just different because I, I expected people to, you know, just kind of move, but it was, it was almost like, I mean, I don't go to raves. I don't know how raves really work, but it was almost, everyone is moving. Like everyone is moving in the building and they were just dancing. There wasn't moshing. It was people are just genuinely like happy dancing, laughing. It was cool. It was probably the coolest experience playing shows so far 
even our uh our sound guy came up to me after the show and um the band knows who i'm talking about and he was like he's like yo that new song uh, above it all that you guys are playing with or playing tonight or whatever he's like that song is super sick and like he never says that about like like he likes the band but he likes he likes our songs but he's never said something like to highlight one of our songs and he even he was like yo that that song was so sick live so that was pretty interesting to hear yeah jeff's the man yeah that song translates really well live it's just a banger so um high energy and that's really what lately we've been recording is just songs that just translate live a lot better um obviously your misery is a you're gonna wake up with a sore neck the next day like that's just what it is Break your um, necks. but yeah Break it's, your it's really exciting to see um <laughs> that we're able to hold our own especially in a local scene and just be able to put on a show and headline it and be able to organize it with our manager and our booking agent and just to see all the wheels turning to what can be um mm -hmm. yeah the next next i mean it, it's just exciting to see what we'll be able to do with with this team we got so and it's, yeah it was a it's an interesting thing because like you would say like for a local show like an all local show it's sold out it's like okay so each band like sold their portion like their fan base is going to be the one that's like supporting their their friend's band or whatever so you would think like end of the night it's like okay it might not be a full like capacity in that in that room like it's gonna be like half i remember we got on stage and i could i'm looking as far back into the end of the building and i'm like i don't see like an empty spot like anywhere like this place is still like at full capacity like this is nuts no it, it was uh it was a little sad you know I'm all the way over here in Dallas and my, my boys in Archetypes Collide still to this day have not come out and uh, played a show. So let's, let's hope pretty, you know, pretty much pretty soon that uh, that happens because uh, that'll be exciting. Maybe one day you'll get to watch every show with us because you'll have to, you know, drag a camera around or something. We'll get there. Take pictures of us and hang out with us on tour. Let's go. Thank God, I wish I could not see this set right now. <laughs> For the 20th blank time. and blank is playing over here right now and i really don't want to be here <laughs> i'm goes, these guys go so long never seen you guys live and then finally i just have to endure it every single night of my life and not a single we'll night will include forgive me and you're just gonna be like come oh, on guys no. you gotta throw me a bone here man oh i swear i swear we'll do a tribute for james there we go we'll do a tribute this song goes out to our cameraman <laughs> coffee boy no, that'd be dope. Still keeping that one in my back pocket. Uh, We've got it. So that's dope. That's dope. So I have two final questions for you guys. Um, so of the songs that you guys have all, that you've put out to date uh, from the very first song to the, to the last, all of you, the question is for, uh, what is your favorite song that you guys have out right now hollow ground is that is on that... rips still <laughs> okay you, you're, ser you're serious probably probably honestly your misery it's so much fun to play like you can't not love that song <laughs> yeah go ahead tyler i stole everyone's oh, answer okay. no, I, was just, I didn't expect hollow ground I've, I've been caught off guard um i still okay so I listened through our discography at work the other day because it's been a while. Well wasted. Shoot me, but that song's incredible. 
I just I still love the orchestration of Well Wasted. Um, it's catchy, it's hard hitting, and it doesn't follow your typical structure of a song. So it keeps me interested. Um, I would say Well Wasted for me. Okay. Um, I would probably, uh, right. I'd say right now, I think it is your misery, uh, just because it was a song that really took off for us. And uh, obviously it's a great song. It's fun to play, uh, live and listen to. Um, but just like everything that we talked about earlier about how the video popped off, it's like our biggest video on YouTube. Um, it's our most stream, like uh, original song so just everything about it is just really cool and it, it gives me like good memories because it really helped us like get to that next step I believe mm -hmm. I think because mine mine's separate for two so obviously like playing wise is not your misery but playing wise I enjoy playing transparency and that's because it's like one of the few songs I don't have to do any backing vocals on so like i can just go ham on bass like just just screw around the whole time and have fun um but listening wise i have to agree with tyler well wasted is still like in my top like like before i joined the band like i was i was a fan and i heard well wasted and that was like this is it like this song is gonna put them like above like a lot of other local bands like just just the vocals in that song and also just the arrangement of it I was like this song is amazing and I mean everything after that's been amazing but that that song I think is just stuck with me just it's had that impact on me all right Kyle you guys are, you guys are sleeping so uh we sing no just kidding um so I think, I think reminiscent life is a very good uh lyrical no, impact Remy's you know, cool never uh, personally I would have to say the one song I could probably I don't like listening I, I don't know like I can like I don't have an issue I'm not gonna be weird and like freak out but I just don't I prefer to listen to like other people <laughs> than myself maybe it's just because my voice but um I think the one song that I just love and maybe it's because I learned some of the drums and just like I love the groove of it is one more night um mm -hmm. it's just I just love the uh, I, I think like vocals obviously is my first thing I hear and drums is usually my second and so I just love the drum work on that song because the choruses are just driving four on the floor. It's super simple. Um, and then the verses just have this linear groove that just like, uh, it's, it's just so good. I just love it. Uh, and it makes me happy because it's all, it's like a OCD thing. So like if a linear groove, I guess we'll, we'll music theory 101, uh, basically the idea is you never hit two things at once. So it's always, you know, stick 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 kick something like everything has its own space and so that's how the verses are set up is uh yeah it, it's just groovy you'll have to listen to it but it's a really cool drum groove on the verses for one more, more night i like it it's a fun song it's great on the record and of course live it's it's a banger it's up and down it's it's it jams so. it's very fun to play live cool cool awesome well, if I had to uh, give you my personal favorite, um, Tyler takes off headphones. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, all right, moving on into the final question. 
And it's a question that we are, we, we didn't do the last few, I guess, if you want to call them seasons, um, is your favorite type of coffee. And I would assume we're all coffee drinkers here. If, if you're not, that's, that's totally cool. You can drink your water. That's fine. Uh, but how you drink your coffee, your preferred way to drink coffee. We'll start with Tyler. having to think um are we are we stuck to a specific bros. kind yeah i know i know uh there's dude, just so just many coffee. dude it's just coffee bro if you're gonna it's, the question is if you're gonna go get a coffee drink like you know in the morning right mm-hmm. what what would your what would your go-to be so dutch bros has the style of coffee called white coffee and it's uh it's flash roasted so it, it retains more of the caffeine uh so I usually get, it's a, it's a medium iced white coffee. It's called a white annihilator. It's got uh, chocolate macadamia and uh, what was it? White chocolate mixed in there with some 2% milk. It's perfect. It's, it's a little, it's nutty. It doesn't taste like coffee that much. Um, but vanilla, we'll say vanilla latte. Screw it. Whatever. Vanilla latte. <laughs> nutty. Let's make it easy. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh <laughs> Who wants to go next? Uh, honestly, mine is just anything iced. I love iced coffee or like cold brew is perfect. Very, very simple. <laughs> oh, I don't like drink coffee, like I drink it, but I actually recently came over something um, Cause my, my wife is like religious on coffee just cause she works night shifts. So she needs like that caffeine. And usually she'll be like, Oh, let's go to Dutch bros. I'm like, all right, there's something there for me. Like there's smoothies or whatever, but now she's all on the pumpkin spice. And then it's like, all right, Starbucks, it's all Starbucks. And they never have anything I like. So I'm just looking down their menu and I was like, Oh, strawberry and cream frappuccino. Okay. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds that sounds girly enough. I'll I'll, I'll do that. So that's actually kind the of fruity drink. Yeah, that's that's what I've been on now. It just tastes like a strawberry like milkshake to me. So that, I can't. Is that, does that have coffee in it? Yeah, it, it does have it, what? but it, it's like very light. It's that it's like because I was like, well, what's the thing that has the least amount of coffee? And they're like, uh, it's frap. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go with it. Nice. I mean, real talk. Before I actually started drink co- started drinking coffee, uh, my go-to at Starbucks was the caramel frappuccino, um, and I had that. I mean, it's just straight sugar. That's I mean, that's it. You know, the freezy pop. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what Kyle calls it. <laughs> freezy pop. Yeah, the caramel freezy pop with whipped cream, please. Uh, that's what I used to get at Dutch. So I guess personally for me, I I like. Um, just, I want to say black coffee. I, I usually like a cold brew just because it's, I mean, it's pretty black, but it just has a little bit more. I, I just want something to like completely kick my, something to wake me up. And uh, usually I go with the cold brew just because it's more of a functional. I do like the taste of like black tea, black coffee. Like I, I like that. Um, but I will say outside of that, that's not coffee related. I do love my energy drinks. So um, like Red Bulls, my favorite um there's a place called black rock coffee um they do a it's called a mai tai fuel and it's like an orange juice and i don't even know what else they put in their energy drink and it's it's delicious so 
but yeah, coffee, I'll just go cold brew. All right, Brandon. Uh, mine. Yeah, I definitely favor iced coffee over everything. Um, but I think right now my favorite is probably, uh, if I'm not going like seasonal is probably the vanilla cream cold brew at Starbucks. It's, it's super good. You still get that strong, like dark coffee, but then you have like the foam on top. Um, so it's, it's pretty tasty, but everybody knows in the band that I just drink coffee every day. So I don't really care as long as it has like coffee and sugar in it. So I'm good. I mean, you know, can't, you can't go wrong with a little bit of a coffee, coffee and sugar. sugar in your life. So exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I will say one thing, the pumpkin cream cold brew at Starbucks. It's so of, good. It, it, it's so it's good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. So I I've kind of just my typical go-to in the morning is brew a cup of coffee, pretty much three quarters coffee, one quarter creamer, uh, so that it doesn't taste like coffee. So that's my go-to in the mornings. But when the whole pumpkin spice rage started happening, I was like, I'll try it. You know, I'll try it. And the, 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 pump, the, the hot pumpkin spice latte is just straight fire it's now it's hooked it's so good and i mean i can't justify going and getting that all every day but uh if i'm going to treat myself currently that is that's what i'm going to because it is just so like i i on uh on our trip up to to flag uh i got two of those and it was just yeah i, I can drink more of these so Wait, have you tried the pumpkin cream cold brew though i have not Okay, try that next. Go try it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. I think Retta tried that, but um, I don't remember. Anyways, cool. Well, this has been fun, dudes. Um, I'm excited for you guys. I'm I'm ready to see more come out of what you guys have been doing and working on. You guys work extremely hard to to be where you're at, even if you guys you know, say you don't know what you're doing, you guys are doing something right. And uh, it's been, it's been super fun for me to just kind of sit in the background and just watch, you know, it, it, it's like the closest I, I'm, I'm it, it's like the closest I am to a band that's doing some really, really cool things. And I'm just like, it's a vicarious experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like your little cheerleader in the back, like, yeah, go, go guys, you got this, you know? And it's been, uh, it's just been cool. And I'm, I'm just excited to see more and, you know, uh, <clears throat> tour with you guys. <clears throat> and, you know, if, if that day uh, arises, then I will be a happy boy. So uh, if you guys have any final thoughts, now is the, now is the time to do it. Um, you I know. will say one thing. Okay. First of all, thank you for having us again. Absolutely. So it's, it's our pleasure to be here to talk to you. But I want to give you a shout out because I've been watching your photography stuff. We all have, and you're kind of killing it. So I know this podcast was to talk to us, but I also want to say congrats on what you're doing because you're doing some great stuff, man. I love you, Tyler. You're the best. Bro. You're the yeah. best. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, congrats on that that photo with the uh, corn shirt. That was pretty sweet, man. That's pretty cool. I, I'm, was real. I kid you not. Like I'm sitting there. It's like my lunch break. I'm laying in bed because my back hurts. And uh, I'm like scrolling on, on Facebook or something. and I just see like corn tagged you in a post and I just like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like 
for me, Corn was a band that I grew up listening to. I think the first time I listened to him, I was like six years old. I was, it, it was just what I was introduced to. And it's always been a band that I've enjoyed listening to. And I'd never seen them live. Um, the first time I saw them live was the time that I, I got to take photos of them. And anyways, so it was just all around a really cool experience. And then when I saw that happen, they like initially the, the photos I put out, they didn't even like, like, or acknowledge or anything like that. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I mean, they're, they don't need to be worrying about me. Um, and then I saw that post come through and I just kind of was shook. I, I really didn't know what to feel. Like I, like the rest of the workday was just weird because I was like, I just want to focus on this. I'm, I don't want to work right now. <laughs> it, it was, it was cool. So I appreciate that. You guys are the best. I appreciate it. So uh, we'll see what happens next. Yes, sir. I am going to dance, to uh, dance, Gavin dance on Tuesday. I'm not taking photos. Unfortunately, they, they have their own, own guys doing that stuff for them, but I am taking photos of we came as Romans on Wednesday. So yeah. uh, nice. for, first time seeing them since Kyle passed. So yeah. it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a cool experience. Um, excited for it, but we're going to go ahead and move to close. And uh, again, thank you guys again for coming on with us again and letting us uh kind of see what's going on in the world of archetypes collide and um you know we'll be we'll be looking for more so appreciate it you guys have a fantastic rest of your night and we will chat very soon sweet thank you thank you